This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, August 2nd, and I'm Claire Rasmussen, Lancel Psychiatry, and is titled Associations of Cannabis Potency with Mental Ill Health and Addiction. This systematic review examines the association of cannabis potency with mental health and addiction. The review found that use of higher potency cannabis was associated with an increased risk of psychosis and cannabis use disorder, while the evidence varied for depression and anxiety. Next is a study in JAMA Network titled Association of Post-Surgical Opioid Refills for Patients with Risk of Opioid Misuse and chronic opioid use among family members. This national cohort study examined the association between the post-surgical initiation of prescription and opioids and opioid-naive patients and the subsequent misuse or chronic use among opioid-naive family members. The study found that continued opioid prescribing was associated with increased risk of both chronic opioid use and opioid misuse among the patient's family members. However, when a patient was prescribed an initial prescription without any refills, the study did not find an association with increased risk in family members. A new article in the American Journal of Cardiology is titled Self-Reported Marijuana Use in Cardiac Arrhythmias. This study found that current marijuana use was associated with increased supraventricle tachycardia and premature atrial contractions. Frequent use or use more than three times per week was associated with more non-sustained ventricular tachycardia than less frequent use. Past use of marijuana was not associated with increased arrhythmia, suggesting that risk subsides during a period of non-use. Our next article in Substance Abuse Treatment, Prevention, and Policy is titled The Effects of Opioid Policy Changes on Transitions from Prescription Opioids to Heroin, Fentanyl, and Injection Drug Use. This qualitative study interviewed subjects who used opioids to assess whether they initiated on prescription opioids, and if so, whether the subjects then transitioned to heroin. The study found that subjects who initiated on prescription opioids switched to heroin or fentanyl as their tolerance increased. Policy changes that decreased prescription opioid availability accelerated the transition to heroin for many subjects. Transition also occurred because of abrupt discontinuation or tapering of prescription opioids. Next, we have an article in American Public Health Association titled Xylazine and Overdoses, Trends, Concerns, and Recommendations. Xylazine is a sedative approved for veterinary use and is increasingly found as an additive to drugs such as fentanyl, heroin, and cocaine. Xylazine is a two-receptor agonist, which causes central nervous system depression, respiratory depression, hypotension, and bradycardia. There is no approved reversal agent of xylazine in humans. Xylazine may be responsible for inadequate responses to naloxone in opioid overdoses. The authors call for increased testing for xylazine in education of patients and clinicians. A new study in the Journal of Substance Abuse Treatment is titled Adapting Methadone Inductions to the Fentanyl Era. In this commentary, the authors argue that current guidelines for induction on methadone need to be adapted to the current opioid epidemic and the prevalence of fentanyl. 
Current guidelines of starting at 30 milligrams and increasing to 5 to 10 milligrams every 3 to 5 days can take weeks to months to reach therapeutic doses for patients. The author suggests that programs should provide patient-centered treatment that allows for more rapid increases in methadone dose based on need. The authors also urge investigators to evaluate more rapid induction protocols to provide evidence for risk and benefits. Finally, the authors advise that professional organizations convene expert panels to review the current evidence and update guidance. Next is an article in American Journal of Preventative Medicine titled At School Victimization and Alcohol Use Among Minoritized U.S. Youth from 2009 to 2017. This study found that sexual minorities and or racial and ethnic minorities were more likely than their white heterosexual peers to use alcohol at school, with the greatest odds found among multiply marginalized and polyvictimized youth. Polyvictimization is particularly prevalent among sexual minorities and or racial and ethnic minority youth and may be a useful proxy measure for minority stressors. Our final article, HIV, Substance Use, and Mental Health Care in Prisons, is in The Lancet. About half of people who are incarcerated use or inject drugs. Some countries are implementing a process of decarceration, a comprehensive strategy to reduce the medical and social harms of incarceration by radically reducing prison populations. In community settings, evidence-based practices for HIV prevention and treatment, psychiatric disorders, and opioid use disorders are also well-established. Prisons can learn from these integrated models by co-addressing these conditions into seamless systems of care that link community care to prisons and vice versa. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.